0: Okay, guys, real talk. Sweet Vibes has been with us from day one, and we wouldn't be able to have this podcast or bring you these awesome guests if we didn't have amazing sponsors like them. So first, let me just say, go to www.sweetvibe.com dot toys and enter the code wild love to get your discount co- code on all of the amazing vibrators and sex toys. I mean, who doesn't love to have an orgasm? It can be a part of your self-care every single day. You know, wake up, have an orgasm, have a great day, have your coffee. My favorite product right now is the perfect match. I mean, it's flexible. It has 10 powerful settings. All of these are under $50. They come in really cool colors. So make sure you check them out and, you know, support this podcast, support our sponsors, and we'll keep bringing you great content. So in this episode, I'm joined by one of my favorite human beings, Aubrey Marcus. If you guys don't really know, we were in a seven-year relationship. Uh, We started off monogamous, went into an open relationship, and then polyamorous. And now, you know, eight years later, we're still very, very close. And he's been on a journey of, you know radical truth and what that looks like for him and what that means for his relationships and dating. Um this was a really really fun episode. We we go deep, you know, that's how he does it. And so we went really deep in this one. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. I hope you do. And also one of the really cool things that I've had the honor of witnessing um is Aubrey Marcus come up with his Fit for Service Fellowship. Me and Wednesday were blessed enough to be invited down to Tulum when they had one of their meetups to do a few workshops there. And it's been really just remarkable to watch a family come together as one and really support each other through the ups and the downs. And... I could not be happier to be a part of this family and been able to meet everybody. So if you guys are aligned with it, if you're wondering what to do this year, I know things are kind of up in the air, but this is really one way to connect with so many people in your life from all over the world, learn together, grow together, play together. So if this sounds like something that you're called to right now, go to aubreymarcus.com slash fit for service. Applications are open. So I was just saying that I'm sitting here with someone who's been on the show the most out of everybody. As I should be. As you should be, (laughs) which I appreciate. And I love that you're here with me again. No doubt. Always keep bringing it back. You know, I love that.
1: Well, the thing is, there's always things that we're learning, right? I mean, it's, it's amazing how fast this path of growth really goes when you engage with it, right? I mean, it's like we may have recorded something six months ago. But the we didn't frame, know shit then. We didn't know shit then. Exactly. You look back, it was like when I was in my first writing journey and on that writing journey, I would go back and look at everything I wrote from three months ago and be like, did a child write this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some of the truths obviously still hold and are still super valid, but uh, to a great degree, you know, when you are learning and advancing and, and changing your understanding, um, things come up pretty quick. so yeah
0: no doubt. So on that I mean we might as well just dive into it since you're alluding to the fact that you didn't know anything the last time you came on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so what have been some of the biggest lessons that have come up for you since you know last time we sat down together?
1: I think it's an understanding of the importance of truth. Is really the thing that I've been chewing on the most. It's something that we talked about. And we've always had this idea of our bring it to a hundred conversations. When right? it
0: wasn't really like a hundred, it was more like an 80, 82 a 90, but on we would pretend it really was a good day a,
1: yeah, on our best day. And we'd be like, You had a hundred. And we're like, Yeah. For sure. You had a hundred? Yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. I'm out. Let's go eat dinner.
1: Yeah, exactly. But the uh, there was a, there was always a gap. And I think when you have that gap in truth, there's a gap in intimacy. You know, I mean, I think that's one of those great things that people say intimacy is into me, see. And any aspect of you that you're not expressing with the most radical honesty is a boundary, a border, a gap to which there is no intimacy available because you're projecting a part of you that isn't exactly real. So even if someone loves that part of you, they're not loving the real you. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually get to feel that loving intimacy when there's truth and then of course you know there's also when that truth because truth doesn't like to stay hidden when that truth comes out there's a smack right and that smack then if you're not it hurts Mm -hmm. it hurts bad and depending on your emotional coping techniques it can lead to things that actually cause more trauma more pain like what
0: is there is there anything (laughs) that you can specifically pick out within yourself that you would be willing to share
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, I think our 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 relationship history is littered with um, points in which we either weren't true to our, true about ourselves, or we weren't true about how we were feeling about another person, or feeling in in uh, in some way about the relationship construct. And we would hold that in, and then it would come out and for me, that often came out in anger. I would get really angry. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with this. Like, I'm good with this. You know, like, yeah, go see, go see whoever. Yes. Yeah, you know, go spend two weeks. That's fine. I'm fine with it. And then it would come down to the end of it and I'd make it like halfway through and I'd be like, I'm not fine. <laughs> I'm not okay with this. And yeah. that was me not really being honest with myself. I was kind of in that realm of emotional and spiritual bypass where I was pretending that I was going to be okay with something. But if I really looked closely, I really wasn't but going to be okay. But do you think
0: maybe you also really wanted to be okay with it? So you're like, I'm going to put myself in the fire to be like, I'm going to do the best that I possibly can to see if this will work to a certain extent.
1: Yeah. I do think that I was trying to do that. And I think there's some, there's something admirable for the striving, you know, so it's not an, it's not a total loss. And again, when you look back in in history, you're just learning, you're just doing your best. Mm. You know, that was that ultimate lesson that I had when I was in the darkness and I was thinking about you and brought me to so many tears was just understanding that any grievance that I held about you through our relationship history was founded in delusion because, you know, I heard your voice come through in the darkness. And for people who don't know, I spent six days in absolute pitch darkness, absolute silence, and like absolute Germany, or absolute something. isolation. Yeah, so it's just me in the and the darkness and the silence. See
0: anything, you guys? Like he no. literally could not see anything <laughs> for six days.
1: Yeah, not a peep of light no difference between your eyes open or eyes closed.
0: How wild is that? When you told me he was going to do that, I was like, terrible idea. For sure. (laughs) Don't do that. You're going to lose your mind. Yeah. But
1: I gained my mind instead. I lost I had to lose it to find it. Let's just just say that. I
0: mean, you came out so shiny.
1: Yeah. And it's not that there aren't still challenges, but just my ability to navigate those is so much better. And also my ability, um, you know, I learned a lot of things there, you know, one of which was to really recognize that we're always doing our best, you know? And so it's not about not forgiving yourself for the way that you've responded to things in the past. Like you have to forgive yourself and you have to forgive your partner because they're doing their best always. And it may not be the best that they could do now, but it was the best that they could do then. Mm. And there's no doubt that, you know, throughout this, we both did our best.
0: Yeah. And I think like forgiveness is is really hard for people, particularly when they look back at their relationship and there is a lot of, maybe there's, you know, infidelity or, you know, lying or just what resentment that has been built up over certain actions. What do you recommend for people or suggest for people to try to go through that forgiveness process? So they're like, okay, I'm in a relationship. I know my partner was doing the best, but I just can't let this go. How can I move forward still being in this relationship if that's the best for both of them?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. And I think, um, for one, if you're not able to forgive yourself, you're not going to be able to forgive your partner, right? So I think forgiveness is a universal thing. So you have to practice forgiveness in all aspects. And I think just like if you're not able to love yourself, you're going to have a hell of a time loving somebody else. Mm. If you're not able to forgive yourself, you're going to have a hell of a time forgiving somebody else as well. So if you're holding anything against yourself, if you're holding any grievances against yourself, start there first. Start at home. And forgiveness is a practice. Like gratitude is a practice. Like even love is a practice. Don Miguel Ruiz says yes, practice, practice makes the master. Mm-hmm. And that even includes love. And it includes self-love and it includes forgiveness and all of these other things. Practice makes the master. So one of the techniques that Kamal Ravikant talks about in his book, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It, is you write out all of the things that you're holding against yourself and you forgive yourself. So I forgive myself for the times that I thought I was going to be okay, but I ended up yelling at Whitney. I forgive myself for the times that I was, you know, somewhat dishonest to my own advantage you know when I would say like oh yeah you know like this person I don't know I don't know if I like him or not or whatever but really I kind of knew that I did and I think we both got in traps like that where Mm -hmm. we would give each other uh some version of the truth that was more palatable and then ultimately when the actual truth came out we'd both be like what the fuck man you know like what what is what is going on here Mm -hmm. and in those painful moments um so you go through and you forgive yourself for all of those things and understand that you were always doing your best and don't make the you know logical leap which is a logical fallacy to say well I know better now so I should have known better then well you didn't
0: yeah you, know, you did that's a that's like a trap that we all get into that's i mean i go down that path a lot you know like if Only I would have known what I know now. I would have done something differently then. But it's like, that's impossible. So I'm like holding myself to some sort of impossible fantasy that would never happen. And it's just like, okay.
1: And we all do it. Yeah. We all do it you know and it's it's this kind of imagining that we're supposed to be perfect but that's not the point we're not here to be perfect we're never going to be damn perfect. it <laughs> yeah. we're going to we're going to fuck up constantly and it's just how fast can you forgive yourself because the forgiveness is what precipitates the growth like you have to be able to forgive and learn because otherwise you pattern shame and shame is the inability to look at what actually happened and mm-hmm. you'll make excuses and you'll blame somebody you know and and you won't take responsibility for what actually happened because you don't even want to look at it. You know, you don't even want to look at what's happening. And I think we both have our own different ways that we do that. I tend to ruminate and think about things probably too much and you'll tend to look away too much and mm-hmm. distract yourself. But I think it's all a, it's all a relationship of shame. I'm more I'm more inclined to self-punish. You're more inclined to distract and move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when neither one of those is healthy, what's healthy is like an honest, you know, introspection and reflection upon the past and then forgiveness for that.
0: Yeah. And particularly with shame, it's super interesting because I feel like with shame, you get stuck there. Like you can't heal moving forward from there anyway. So if, if I'm constantly sitting there distracting myself and not really looking at maybe the pain that I've caused, we're not going to be able to heal and move forward because I'm just stuck there.
1: Yeah, and that was and look the you know that pattern will ultimately you'll ultimately see the truth as much as you try to distract yourself. That's what, what your second ayahuasca journey was all about, right? It was you looking at me and looking at the pain mm-hmm. that that you'd caused me in our relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like oh yeah, wow. Yeah, I
0: mean, it took me there. It was like it was every time that there was something that I did that hurt you. And I would just it forced me to like just sit there and fully look at it and fully feel your pain through it all. You know, it wasn't even just like here, these are the things that went on and we can like move on and you know, you know, forgive yourself for it. No, it's like you're going to feel exactly what Aubrey went through throughout the eight, seven years of your relationship. Damn. Yeah. And it was hard. It was really, really challenging. But by the end of it, you know, I had the vision of us just like art laying together almost like a yin and yang, like our heads were touching, but our feet were opposite. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like cradling.
1: When you said yin your and yang, heads. everybody's thinking 69 for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is, we're talking a very, we're laying on our backs, <laughs> you guys,
0: and we're just laying next to each other and our heads are touching. <laughs> you freak. <laughs> but it was yeah. a really beautiful experience for me because, and very challenging because it was just gut wrenching yeah. to feel all of that. But that allowed me to like, look at it, forgive it, release some of the shame that I've had and, you know, move forward and and come to you saying like, Hey, I'm sorry that these are the times that I turned away, but mama ayahuasca slapped me across the face and taught me a real good lesson. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And it was the same with the darkness. I mean, one of the things that really broke me down in the darkness and had me sobbing for, oh, well, you know, I could say a few minutes, but it was probably more like a few hours. I mean, time is a little squirrely in the darkness, but I had a vision of you and I had a vision of you with these ego feathers on your, on your forehead and looking like the radiant spiritual goddess that I've always seen as part of your potential. And I saw you looking down at yourself, looking down at yourself constantly. I'm like, why are you looking down at yourself? And you're going, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I saw how much that my desire for you to be something and loving something that I wanted you to be made you constantly question whether you were doing it right and constantly feel like you were doing it wrong. And that was devastating. And I was like, oh my God. You know, I realized that if you're loving somebody not exactly as they are, but for who you want them to be, then they're going to be ashamed about who they are. And that shame is actually going to slow their process into becoming whatever that thing is. So the only medicine that you can ever provide anybody is to love them as they are. Yes, you can see the potential that they they might reach. And yes, you can Hold their hand, you know, when they're ready to go out and clasp your hand. You can't drag them, but you can hold your hand and say, if you want to come here with me, let's go. Yeah. But you love them exactly where they are. And that's something that I radically failed throughout the majority of our relationship with you. You know, I didn't love you exactly as you were. I loved you as you were, but also I loved you for what you could be. Mm -hmm. And so when that wasn't coming to fruition, I loved you less, which is this whole nightmare scenario, which was just patterning this feeling that you were never good enough.
0: Yeah. And that's probably, I mean, that's something that I hear a lot from people on Instagram. You know, my, I'm really spiritual, but my partner isn't. What can I do to make them be more spiritual? First of all, you can't make anyone do anything. They're going to exactly what you said, you know, is if you're trying to bring them to this, to their own potential, they have to choose it for themselves first. Or if I'm, Even when it comes to like sex, it's, you know, I want to do this in bed. How can I make my partner or convince my partner to do this with me? And that's not really how it works, I don't think.
1: No. And if you you can get it to work that way, you can use manipulative techniques, but it's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel feel good good for either either side. And if, if you're talking about spirituality, I think people get spirituality mixed up because let's look at the greatest spiritual master of our time who I believe is Ram Das and he just recently passed mm-hmm. right I and his, his guru taught him what he ultimately and you know imbued and embodied in himself which was love everyone tell the truth so if you're really if that's the spiritual ideal of what you're going to, if where you're going to be and it's the same thing that you know one of our spiritual mentors Paul Selig talks about it's loving someone exactly as they are it's not loving them for what they could be and loving them less for what they are because you're judging them you know when his guru told him that he's like I can't I have too many judgments judgments are the things that prevent us from loving people as they are and I had judgments and you had judgments we had judgments towards each other and it prevented us from loving each other exactly as we were and then of course there's the second part of that which is tell the truth. So love as, you know, love someone as they are and be radically honest.
0: So going back to, you know, your, the lessons that you've learned since being on on the podcast with me is it going to truth, you know, and the importance of truth. And what are some of the other things that you've learned pertaining to that? Or how have you brought that into your life today?
1: I have a really radical idea. And I believe that the fruition and the ultimate way that you can relate to somebody is the intentional and willing sacrifice of your secret and personal thoughts.
0: See, and this is where we differ. This yeah. is where I'm like, no, I like my own thoughts and I have, I have my own sovereignty.
1: And no doubt that's a choice that everybody can make. My my understanding is that I think that if you can if you can be with someone and accept all of their thoughts and love them through all of their thoughts, they'll never worry that they have a thought or they have a reason or there's any reason why or anything that they could do that the other person wouldn't love them for. Which is where there's all this fear. Does he love me? Does she love me? Yeah, but do you think that that's
0: possible? Like it's possible for you because I feel like you're a very eclectic and like I feel like it's possible for you but like for me I don't think it's possible and so I'm wondering if do you think it's possible for everybody to get to that place
1: I think there's a there's a quote from Bertrand Russell and I don't have it exactly but he hypothesizes a world in which all of a sudden everybody could read everybody else's mind yeah right and he goes that happens we all get this ability where we can all read each other's thoughts Everybody runs to their houses and goes, this is terrifying. I'm so scared. Like, I don't know what to do. People can read my mind. I can read their thoughts. They have all kinds of dark thoughts, all kind of fucked up thoughts. This is crazy. People are crazy. I'm crazy, you know, and everybody retreats to their home. But after a little while, you start going out and like you start recognizing that everybody's kind of thinking the same things. They're having sexual thoughts. They're having dark thoughts. They're having beautiful thoughts. They're having loving thoughts. They're having the full gamut of every, every thought and experience, and you just start to accept it. So I feel like because we're so out of truth with both ourselves and with our partners, that to try and hurry that process and try and go like, okay, right now, immediately, we're getting to this radical truth, that would be really hard. But if you actually committed to it and like took the steps to kind of bridge the gap and started to understand, started to understand each other's thinking, I think it could be incredibly powerful where there was no, no, no need to have any secrecy on your phone or no need to say anything in a journal that you wouldn't say to your other partner. And that includes like, a lot of times we just explore different thoughts and explore different things. But if you could be accepted for that, you know, all of those moments where you're like, yeah, I just don't know what I'm feeling about this relationship right now. You know, and you write that in your journal, but you wouldn't share that with your partner. You know, well, that, that ultimately, you know, prevent, it creates this gap in intimacy where you're not going to be as close to that person when you're thinking about it. But mm-hmm. if you share it and somebody loves you and is like, yeah, I can understand that. I've had those thoughts too and it's all good. And
0: Yeah, you just hope that somebody's able to show up in that way because that would be really scary for somebody that you're with in a relationship that's like... I don't really know how I feel about this relationship right now. And the other person's is like, uh, do what now?
1: Yeah, but people feel it. That's the thing. Like when, you've, when you have that subtle retraction, you know, like we think that our thoughts are private, but they're not, especially if you're paying attention. Yeah. If you're paying attention, like you can tell when someone is really open and connected with you. Mm-hmm. And you can tell when they're withholding a little bit and there's mm-hmm. like something else that's not... That's not being shared. Yeah. And you feel it. And then that fear then goes into your mind and you start coming up with all these hypotheses and then you get insecure and then you get afraid and then you either try too hard or you start to have doubts. And, but if you could actually just be expressing in radical communication the whole time, I mean, there is none of those kind of. If you're, if you're riding, like riding right along with truth, like you're holding the dorsal fin of a dolphin of truth, and you're just going through the waves and jumping up and down, and you're together, and then there's not going to be that, that big moment of revelation like, hey, I think we should break up. Like, think of all the breakups. It's like all of a sudden, and we've had these too, like, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, I think we should split up. You know, and it's like, what, where the fuck did this come from? I thought we were going to have dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's because all of these thoughts have been withheld. Mm -hmm. And so the heartbreak and trauma gets exacerbated rather than the ability when it's early on, before there's resentment and before there's anything else, you just start to work with the truth.
0: For sure. I mean, it really, I mean, it sounds awesome in its own way and also terrifying too, you know, but it's like, a, it's just a very interesting thing to think about. But, it, you know, I can say since being around you, since coming back from from the darkness and really exploring this idea of radical truth and both of us doing that, that things have been easier.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, even the things that have come up, we've been able to move through them so much faster. And every time that we do share our truth, like it... It may be uncomfortable for a moment, but it ultimately brings us closer, brings us closer. Like the closer we get to that radical truth, the the closer we end up becoming. I actually, you know, there was that, that moment that happened a couple weeks ago or a month ago or something like that, where I was actually looking for one of my old journals to read. And I actually pulled out and it was one of your old journals from five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was right at a point where we were having like a pretty difficult situation that's when I onboarded the first girl that I had really strong feelings this for. This is
0: in the journal this isn't currently yeah this is yeah.
1: five years ago and um her name is Lorena and wow
0: you're just gonna throw it out there
1: yeah and uh <laughs> and so you know that was the first person that, that I really felt these like strong feelings of falling in love with right like that but but I was really uncomfortable sharing that because that wasn't part of our agreement at that point
0: yeah and I wasn't comfortable with it, e- no, hearing it. No, I'll tell you that much. No,
1: no, neither of us. And and both of us, you know, this was earlier, early on in our polyamorous, we actually just in an open relationship. I don't even think we were in a polyamorous agreement, which is no, many loves. No. We were in a open sexual agreement and not that there weren't feelings of love that, you know, naturally come when you're with somebody. But anyways, I pop open that thing and, and I, and I don't, I don't like reading people's journals or anything like that. In but fact,
0: pop- you've said that it is the biggest True. grievance and invasion of True. privacy that anyone could ever do I
1: agree I agree I now I now kind of have a different different take on that but nonetheless it doesn't excuse me it doesn't ex- it doesn't make me exculpable from the morally questionable action that as soon as I realized that it was your writing and not mine that I continued to read a couple pages. Yeah. You know, and I had just kind of had this feeling like, wow, I really did this. And it was an old journal. You know, it's not like your new journals that have anything to do with anything in the last five years. It was an old journal. I opened it up and I read it and I got to see your truth during that period, like the, what you were really feeling. Mm -hmm. And it was different than anything that you were saying to me. And it was beautiful.
0: Well, it, I don't know if it was necessarily di- I mean, I'm sure there was it was different to a certain extent, but there were I mean, things in there that I was saying to you, I just don't think you it was being received in the way.
1: There were some things, but there were some things that weren't being said, not in that way. Yeah. Not yeah, not yeah, expressed yeah. in that way, not expressed and and that had to do with your feelings for, you know, the other partner that you were seeing at the time, that mm-hmm. had to do with feelings for For me, and like how what you were thinking about that, and how it had to do, there was a lot of different things in those. And it was, it was just like maybe at that point, we might not have been ready, you know, we might not have been ready to handle the radical truth. And I, and surely we weren't. But (laughs) to go back, to go back at this point, you know, where we've done all the work and we've healed so many of the wounds, and to be able to see your raw, vulnerable truth all the only thing that I could think was, wow, that's beautiful. And sure, there was things about there. I was like, wow, I didn't know that you had feelings of love for that person that you were seeing. You, I never even knew that. But I I was able to read that. And it was like, wow, that's beautiful. Like, it's really beautiful how she's expressing this. And it's beautiful how she's talking about me and how about the funny herself. funny part
0: is, is that I don't even remember feeling that way about that person. <laughs> right? like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, what? I wrote that? Yeah. That's silly. <laughs> clearly didn't feel that way, I don't think. Like I yeah. don't even remember that.
1: And that's the and that's the thing. It's like the the moment, the truth moment by moment is just really, really interesting. And I think it would be really beautiful to be on a journey with someone in any relationship construct where there was like you just that was one of the things that you put on the altar to be sacrificed, which was you know, your own, the privacy of your thoughts. So you're generally, you're you're completely in union together where there's nothing that's private between mm-hmm. you guys. You know, like, all right, maybe you can not poop in front of each other. Obviously, I like to poop with the door open. So that's a tough one for me, but nonetheless- I mean, like you guys,
0: <laughs> it's getting to a point to where it's like he's blowing the place up with the door open. And he told me today- that it it feels so weird i can feel it in my toes <laughs> i was like oh my god and i literally just put out a post yesterday <laughs> about i mean i don't know when this podcast has not come out but i was basically saying like if you're with your partner and you're quarantined rule number four poop with the door closed
1: yeah i uh i, I
0: said you are <laughs> not blanked by the
1: rules no i'm not i'm not it's true. I'm not. You broke rules. However, there was there was general rules of public safety which you broke when we were watching the movie Joker. Oh my which, god!
0: Don't which you, let out,
1: you let out? You let out? Uh, you let out a fart in that movie theater. <laughs> That was one of the most heinous things. It was as if the Joker created a stink bomb, particularly, <laughs> particularly for that theater. It was heavy. It clung to your clothes. It's like, you know, when you go to Benny Han and you smell, like I the hel- up all
0: you smell like the
1: hibachi grill, like my hair smelled like it, like my fucking clothes smelled like it. People around us were just diving into each other's oh chest to get away. Oh. From or stench.
0: how about the time that you were flying on an airplane and you were just <laughs> farting constantly, just massive farts, like joker-sized farts, constantly back-to-back. No, to back It to back. was not
1: joker-sized farts. Yes, for
0: sure. Nothing
1: it was. is like the Joker fart. Oh my that god. That set the bar. That is at the fucking threshold. Ugh. That is at the infinite level of there could not be a more.
0: <laughs> I, f- I feel like every time o. you o. come on stench. the freaking show, we talk about <laughs> farts and poop. Like what? What is our world becoming?
1: <laughs> but yeah, that was a pretty funny story because I was I was listening to my headphones and I was on the airplane and I was just kind of like I just had to squeak out a couple of farts and they were bad. And not joker bad, but they're bad. And this guy in front of me, <laughs> in the seats in front of me, just loses his mind, completely loses his mind. He stands up and he goes, Oh. Oh! Oh no! Oh! What, <laughs> what? What is this? Oh! What is this? And he starts like a fit. He's like hitting the fucking flight attendant call button. He's like freaking out. And he I'm just like, what the flight attendant say? He's he like, ah! Can you smell this? Ah, ah. He oh is just God. losing. I'm just quietly reading, just looking down. <laughs>
0: Nothing to see here. Nothing
1: to see here. Nothing to see here. God. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know it happens.
0: Um. Wow. We really just took a turn there for a shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to go back to, you know, get back a little bit on track when it comes to like truth. Cause you are talking about, which is I think is something that's interesting for people to know, you have kind of made a decision about your future relationship construct. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can let us in on that. And just to take a moment from the podcast, I wanted to talk to you guys about our new sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Now, they're doing testosterone tests where I find this really easy because it's uncomplicated. They can send it directly to your door. It's in discreet packaging, so nobody knows. You can collect your sample. You get to review your results. And then from there, a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone and you get a prescription if you need. So what's really great about this is that you're able to check where your hormones are at. And I know for a lot of us out there, including women, it's really great to know where your testosterone levels are and for men as well. The first test that you get is your free testosterone, and that's the first biomarker that they test for. And why you want to know this is because your body uses it to produce sperm, maintain a healthy sex drive, maintain muscle strength and mass, and produce red blood cells, which is absolutely important. So you guys check them out, get your testosterone checked. Super easy. Don't have to go to the doctor. Plus we're quarantined right now. So you need to stay home. This is a really easy way to do it. Head over to www.trylgc.com slash wild love. I'll say that again for you. It's www.trylgc.com slash wild love. And you get to save 20% off.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for me, what's What's really interesting is I'm, I'm excited about that idea of being in radical truth and creating a union bond with somebody that's so strong and so unlike anything that's existed where you have that kind of radical truth. Um, I think it was Ram Dass that talked about this process too, where he would sit down with his closest, closest friends and all the, the people who he knew he could handle this and then he would ask them he's like is there anything that you could say right now anything that you could say to me any opinion that you've had that you think might be troubling disturbing triggering or cause any kind of reaction in me at all and then they would go back and forth that's Loby for everybody who's uh, who's hearing the sound of our little dog barking so as i was saying ramdas would sit down with his closest like his closest friends or someone else on the spiritual path and say, is there anything that you could say, any opinion that you might have that would be triggering, troubling, disturbing, anything that you would have any kind of desire to withhold or anything that you would be hesitant to say to me? Ugh, God, and you, me go, and you My would go, and And they would just go back and forth and they would just talk about that. And it could be anything from something superficial to something like, you know, to something really deep or something that they would thought or whatever. And they would get to this place where they would get to this really radical truth with each other and that would increase their bonds of friendship. Now, that's easier to do with a friend than it is to do with your partner or your lover or somebody like that. But the ideal that I'm kind of, I have in my mind of what would be really interesting for me would be to get to that place with somebody, get to that place of really radical union and radical support. And that seems even more challenging to do in a construct where there's multiple partners, because I think to actually build that would require a lot of work, a lot of dedication and a very special individual who's willing to go on that journey. So I don't foresee my next phase being polyamorous or being open because this thing to me is what's the most interesting. It's the most exciting to me.
0: So you're not going to use the M word.
1: Well, okay, so so monogamy mm-hmm. is an interesting thing because monogamy is a construct, right? And mm-hmm. it's an idea and it's, it's ultimately a contract as well. Mm-hmm. So I have a problem with that as well because that is something that is ultimately going to put a limitation and like a cage around the relationship. And I think there has to be the open dis- discussion and dialogue about the flexibility yeah. within that. Um, so adopting the construct of monogamy doesn't make sense to me either. But what I'm talking about is union with a person that's so strong that whatever, these other th- whatever other things happen ultimately fall away in insignificance. Because I believe that if you can get to that place of radical intimacy with somebody, like the rest of the stuff is inconsequential. Especially, too, if you, if you trust that person so much that you understand like exactly why they're interested in somebody and what they're doing. And it's like, oh yeah, of course, I totally get that. But you also have the, the confidence and the faith that what you have in your relationship is something that nobody else is going to have with them because Mm -hmm. this idea of getting to radical truth and this radical intimacy it's just going to put your relationship on such a different level on such a different plane and i think allow so much more love to flow because i really believe love and truth are synonyms i think that's why uh maharaji ramdas's guru says love everybody tell the truth which is really the same thing to love someone you have to be honest with them anything else is a manipulation of them for your benefit mm-hmm. you know or perceiving it to be for their benefit, but it really never is, especially if they're identified as their higher self, the self that came here to learn. So I would I don't like the word monogamy and I don't like that construct, but what I like is the idea of sacred union, a union that's and maybe not even sacred is the right word, maybe a union that's so powerful that the rest of the stuff just becomes inconsequential.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And why, I I just want to dive into that a little bit more. So if you are being completely 100, literally fully open, 100% honest and transparent with your partner. So it allows to put, it puts your relationship in a, a beautifully powerful place, you know, that, everything else can kind of fall away. But what if everyone is just 100% honest with each other and transparent, then what?
1: So if the other people in the the structure are transparent. So if you could create a virtuous system in which you were that radically open and transparent with your partner, and you were also that radically open and transparent with your other partner, and that those two people were radically open and transparent with each other. So the whole circle, the whole circle was in absolute radical truth. I think that would accomplish a similar thing.
0: But uh, so what if the entire world would monogamy still exist?
1: I think monogamy would be not a construct that people would try to adhere to, it would be something that actually happened just by the mere choosing to be with each other. Okay. You know, yeah. it would just it would just be like, wow, we've been monogamous for, you know, for 12 years and it's not like that was our plan but that's just the way it is we haven't found anybody that we've really wanted to be with it's just like somebody who hasn't been in a you know hasn't found they're single they haven't found another lover and they're like yeah i've been celibate for you know 18 months you know i haven't i haven't had sex for 18 months like that would be how it is it's just be like well we we haven't found anybody for one year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. We never found anybody. We were just happy together. So it wouldn't be that you were living up to a contract. It would just be that you were choosing not to engage with other people.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's super interesting to think about, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I, I, I definitely, I see myself being in a a monogamous relationship, but you know, some point I'm not there yet. I don't want to be in a monogamous relationship right at this moment because I still don't think I would be a very good like partner right now just because I want to do what I want to do, mm-hmm. you know. And if somebody is trying to tell me that I can't do certain things, it's not going to go over well. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So you. But don't, at least you, I know really, that right you really now. You really know push I mean?
1: against. You push against any restriction. That's just your nature. Yeah, that's
0: why quarantine is driving me batshit crazy <laughs> because I it. I mean, my life hasn't changed all that much. I work from home. I go on the trail, whatever. But solely just because they're like, you can't leave the house. I just feel like a trapped animal.
1: Yeah. And that's always been the case with you. And that's something that's interesting. Like you are that classic bull. That's anytime someone tries to put a lasso around your neck, you're going to pull against it. And that's why they Oh, for sure. Most of the times <laughs> we would try to that. create relationship agreements. You'd be like, yeah, cool. I'm in. And then a week later, you'd be like, Ugh, agreements, you know, like it didn't really work for you, you yeah. know, at, the, at those points. And, and it may never, and that's okay. You know, you like, you may realize that what you're called to is this radical freedom to choose whatever you want to choose in any given moment without restriction.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. I think I'm at that place right now and I probably have been for, for my entire life, you know? Um, But I am interested in being in a monogamous relationship. But, and I've said this before, people have probably heard me say it too many times. The only relationship that I'm not interested in being in is one to where we can't have a conversation about the agreement shifting. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, if we're in a monogamous relationship, I'm okay with being like, okay, we're monogamous, like for sure. But most likely at some point... I'm going to have to sit down with you and tell you that I want to maybe not be monogamous anymore, and I want to be able to have the option to at least have that conversation. Right. Like if I can't be in a relationship to where someone's like, well, no, so- sorry, we can't even talk about it.
1: It sounds like we're saying pretty much the same thing. Yeah, right? you're just you're just a little bit more comfortable, you know, going with the temporary monogamy kind of construct where yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even want to have it from the start. Because I feel like if you have it from the start, when it changes, there's going to be a disappointment that comes. Whereas if you don't have any construct, you have the no, you have no construct that you're adhering to other than the actual closeness of your union. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, I think to me is something that is feels like feels better. And maybe that's just from learning that all the agreements you know, all the agreements that I've ever made or have been made or co-created, all these co-created agreements ultimately have led to expectation, which has led to disappointment. Because the problem with these agreements is if you fulfill them, well, then that's what you expect. So you're not that grateful for them. And if you don't fulfill them, you're highly disappointed. So it's like, it's almost setting yourself up to to lose either way in a certain degree, Mm -hmm. you know, because if someone, if you agree to be monogamous and you're monogamous, it's not like you're like, hey, Thanks for being monogamous today. You know, like I—I pre- I feel like someone should, pres- say to me. should say that. They should. They should give me
0: a thank you card. Like, thank you for being monogamous today. You know what? Thank, thank you for appreciating my monogamous <laughs> decision this morning. Because <laughs> yeah. let me tell you, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. Kind of. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that's. I think that's the that's the thing. It's just choosing each other every day, and I think that's well, that's, that's what, what allows that's what allows it to really be fruitful.
0: Yeah. And that's what Dr. Tammy Nelson says, you know, it's like choosing monogamy is like doing a yoga practice. You know, it's not going to be easy every day. It's like if you had a meditation practice every single morning you have to get up, you have to do it. And sometimes you're not going to want to do it. And you have to force yourself to sit down and meditate.
1: And the only way that you're going to get appreciation for those things is if you really let someone in on your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're if you're holding something in, if you saw someone you're really attracted to and you withheld and you didn't talk to them because you're trying to honor the relationship agreement that you have, like I would want to know that. I would want to yeah. know. And that way I could that way I could actually give appreciation. Like, hey, well, that's really sweet that you were honoring our relationship above these carnal desires and sexual urges that you had towards this person, you know, like, that's cool. I appreciate that. That's, that's really rad of you. And then you would feel good. Like, Hey, thanks for acknowledging me. You know, so it creates this virtuous cycle that I think the ultimate thing that it, it all rests on is that truth.
0: Uh, yeah. And, you know, we're getting to the point where we have to close out here soon. Cause I know you have to get on an Instagram live, but before we close out, I want to talk about dating and, and I want to talk truth. about
1: your commitment To sing on July 4th.
0: Okay, well, we're talking about dating first. This is my show. Thanks for joining me (laughs) on my show. So it's not the Aubrey Marcus podcast, okay? Yeah,
1: okay, I was just putting it out there just so that people know Whitney is committed to opening her voice, the true calling of her soul and singing a couple songs set on July 4th, whether it's digital or whether we're able to meet in person. So just everybody know that. And that's the thing that her soul is called to the most and that she's most excited about in all the world. So just uh, just want everybody to be aware of that. And uh, just Thank so you. we can put that mm-hmm. out there. And uh, go ahead and ask me about it. I can't
0: wait
1: dating. to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, look, it's Ryan who's recording this one, not Chris. Chris. and I guess that means that I have control about what no. gets edited out
0: oh god yeah I'm terrified
1: go ahead ask me about dating <clears throat> You can't. Your, your mouth, your your throat chakra just closed yeah, up. Seriously. You can't even ask see? about. You can't even ask about dating. See, but what I think did. this. This is this you is ruined I think the show. This is what I think is ultimately <laughs> what I see is this is wherever there's that resistance and that resistance to opening your voice, which has been resistance to sharing your truth, talking to your partners. It really is the same thing as singing. Singing is the biggest knot that's tangled up right in your ability to communicate, and Correct. it's that knot. And as soon as you pull those threads, all of your expressions are going to come flowing out so much easier. And it's just beautiful. And I'm in awe and I'm in just amazement and inspiration that you made that commitment and are going through it and you're doing the singing <laughs> lessons. And it's it's just fucking beautiful. Well, thank you.
0: It is. I don't even really, I mean, I hate talking about it. I want to pretend like it doesn't exist in my reality since everyone is in my simulation. So I'm going to go ahead and delete that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very scary thing for me. It's hard for me to, like I said, even talk about my brain is short circuiting.
1: Yeah. And that's, I think, but think of all the times that your brain has short circuited when there's been something that you've wanted to express. Like think about one of the most traumatic experiences that I can remember And was Burning Man when you fell in love with Ricky and the last day of Burning Man, you couldn't even speak to me because you had something to tell me, but you were afraid to tell it to me. And then finally, we're about to fly home and I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on? You haven't talked to me for a day. Mm -hmm. And then you wrote it out in a text message. And I read the text message and it was basically like, yeah, I'm falling in love with Ricky. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And just fucking lost my shit. Lost it you know, because it was like, well, you know, and that that was that truth gap, right? That was a truth gap. Like, oh yeah. Ricky's fun. You know, we party, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, oh shit, you're in love with him. And then that was that thing that caused this big blow up. And then, you know, we ultimately ended up working through it the best we could and trying to figure it all out. But nonetheless, like that's that thing that, that contraction, that contraction is not just about singing that contraction. You can look back and, and find the footprints of it in every aspect of your life and that's what's so exciting about about making the commitment which is that key part of the hero's journey which is this conversation the call. right now
0: by the way is very uncomfortable for me
1: yeah good
0: <laughs> I, i'm not enjoying this i'm gonna be like okay well wrap wrapping <laughs> it up we're gonna wrap this up and never have you back on the show <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, everything that you're saying can be more like spot on and true, no doubt. It's just really interesting to even just watch myself be uncomfortable with this conversation, knowing that we've had, we've talked about this however many times, you know, but it still brings up like these butterflies and like, oh shit. And like these contractions and constrictions like in in my body.
1: Mm -hmm. Great. And that's the beautiful thing that people got to realize. Like, when you feel that, awesome. Right.
0: That's your guiding star. I mean, you have, like, that's your your path, like, illuminated directly in front of you. Like, you don't have to have any questions about where should I go or what should I do? I'm overwhelmed. No, you're not. Like, you literally, it's painted. You have your yellow brick brick road right there. All you got to do is step on it and follow it.
1: Boom. Preach, sister.
0: Well, thank you, but... Here That's I it. go on my yellow brick road.
1: <laughs> Here you go. Merrily, 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 merrily.
0: I'm going to follow my instincts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't talk about dating, but I guess... Ask me
1: about it. We got we got how many minutes? We got...
0: Like none.
1: We got like five minutes. Let's go. Oh
0: my God, amazing. Okay. So I do want to talk about dating because, you know, you, you're in this place of, of like radical truth and like opening up and it's been really interesting to and inspiring and eye-opening for me to watch you date in this, in the place that you're in now by just being so radically open and honest with people. So I just want to like know what your just give us a little insight into that if you can.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's something where there was such a strong desire to kind of get the validation and the sexual pleasure and the kind of uh, the things that I wanted from somebody that I would give myself kind of a hall pass to not express everything kind of as a, as it was coming up, you know, like eventually I knew I would, but I would kind of let things go a little bit farther so I could, you know, under the auspices, under the kind of guise of, oh, I'm just getting to know them, you know, like, I don't really know yet, but I really did kind of know, you mm-hmm. know, I really kind of knew earlier than I admitted but you know, I was like, I would take. Oh, let's have a couple more dates, and you know, all right. Well, maybe we'll we'll hang out a little bit more. But now that I know what I want, which is this really sacred union, it's been a lot easier to just talk to people and let them know, like, hey, you know, this isn't heading in the direction that you know, I'm really interested in. And even though you're beautiful and I would love to hang out with you under normal circumstances, like this isn't what I'm looking for for a relationship. So happy to be friends. I'm here for you, whatever. But it's just been a lot easier to say those things. And it's felt a lot good, a lot better. And the way I kind of look at it is like when you're honoring yourself in that way, you might not get the trophy of validation of being with somebody who's beautiful or successful or, you know, whatever that thing might be, you might not get that validation or the sexual pleasure that might come from being with that person. But if you're honoring yourself and your soul and like what you really want, you get a different trophy. And that's the trophy of honoring your soul and, yeah. like, and honoring yourself.
0: And that feels much better anyway. Feels so you know much what I better. Mean? And a lot of the times we're out there dating and we just keep these people around in order to like get the trophy. And then you don't even really want the trophy. Nope. You, know what you I just want to get it. You just want to get it. And then once you get it, you're like, Meh, whatever I'm good with without it, but it's just the act of like, ha, I got you. And so, you know, this is something that I, I am watching myself do too. And, and really just be, try to be as open as possible, you mm-hmm. know, and just like, Hey, I want more communication or, Hey, if we're going to keep hanging out, this is kind of, this is the, the ante to the game to like play with me yeah, you know um but it still gets scary sometimes but it feels so freaking good when you just like put it out there
1: it does it does yeah i mean it's uh that there's a lot of things that become trite and become one of those things that you say and and people like oh yeah i've heard that before but that expression truth will set you free you know is is a really True statement. You know, like well, when you yeah. express your truth and you express it in that, there's a freedom that comes from that. And there's a pride that comes from that. And there's a self respect that comes from that and a love for yourself and for them and for the world that comes from that. That's really irreplaceable.
0: And it's like, if you put that out there, you know, this is if we're going to date or we're going to be doing whatever we're doing, these are the things that I really want, or I want you to text me back, or I want, you know, you to. <laughs> initiate hanging out more whatever it is like if you put that out there and they're like you don't get a response back or maybe they just show you again that they're not giving you what you want then you don't really want to be with that person anyways and if you're still looking to that person then it's like ah okay why am i still looking to this person that's giving me actually not what i want at all you know so there's some sort of like validation you know the
1: answer why I can explain the answer why real quick and then we got to go.
0: Fine. The answer why? And I feel like we could sit here for hours. I
1: think we could. So maybe I will be on another podcast after all. Oh god, all. I'm nervous. The already. answer why is is that a lot of times we're in a quest for redemption of our own love of ourselves. So if someone is treating us in a way that we treat ourselves. So if they're treating us in a way where they don't re- they're not really giving us the love that we're looking for, but we're not giving ourselves the love that we're looking for either. They agree, their actions agree with our own sentiments towards ourself. So we're looking to redeem our own self-love through the redemption that we get from them loving us. And that's why we do it. And that's why it's so seductive. It's mm-hmm. this constant chase in this game of redemption. If I can get them to love me, then I'm worthy of love. Right. And then, but when you really love yourself and when you really practice and engage in that self-love practice, then you start to understand that what they do doesn't affect how you love yourself at all. You're already abundant in that. So there's no quest for redemption. So if they want to join you in that frequency of love, great. And if they don't, well, they're just not ready yet. And that's okay.
0: Yeah, right. Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I always love having you here.
1: I love being here. And I love you exactly as you are with. Ah, thank you.
0: I love you exactly. Exactly as you are, too.
1: (laughs) Thanks, everybody. (laughs)
0: Peace. Bye. Super exciting news, you guys. I am hosting an all-women's retreat in Nosara, Costa Rica in May. I want you to go visit Revamp Retreats to get more information on that, but it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's in one of my favorite places in the world, Nosara, Costa Rica, and I'm hosting it with one of my best, best, best friends, Caitlin Howe. It's all about bringing a really cool group of girls together and women together to bond and share an amazing experience to grow and transform. And you know what? Have some fun while we're doing it. So check out Revamp Retreats and find out more information. Hope to see you there. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, it would help us a lot if you would leave a review. Yeah, leave a review, subscribe. We want to know how you guys felt about the episode. It really helps us out a lot to continue the success of the podcast and keep spreading our message.